Yeah. Like, ah. before, before, I, before I drop this knowledge bomb on Steph, no. Um, <laughs> make sure we have this on camera. No, I mean, what, what I was going to get at was, I mean, you've read on it for creatine. The, the way it works is the saturation mm -hmm. of your creatine levels. And that, I mean, sometimes it sort of depends on body weight, but generally five grams is enough for everybody. But when you get bigger, sometimes you need seven or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe because you're a little bit lighter, three is good. But I've never, I haven't heard so much of people getting bloated. I know people that are like, yeah, I took it. And I just started putting on muscle mass too fast, so I don't take it. And that's fair. I mean, these are all pe people that are genetically sort of like look at a weight and you gain two pounds of muscle. But um, <laughs> I forgot exactly where I was going with it. But yeah, whenever I, I, mean, I do five grams. But that's but you what take it before you work out? It doesn't really matter in in it's terms of like a, um, looking at it from a physiological perspective. It doesn't really matter in terms mm -hmm. from what I understand of it. Yeah, I've like I said beforehand, like I've been feeling superhuman, serious, and and had I been getting more sleep, like Rib, my my wife, she's like, it's three, it's, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I said to her yesterday, I'm like, do you need a hand with anything? Is there anything you want me to do? Like, because I've been, I've been just, I think anyway, I've been unreal around the house, just you know, cleaning and folding the clothes, hanging the washing. Doing it just to help because, like, I know what it's like. Ruby's just got like another human just attached to her 24 7. So, just to, to help out as much as I can. And I'm like, oh, do you need a hand with anything? And she's like, no, why? It's like, oh, I just don't want to go work out. And she's like, it's 3 p.m. In the, in the afternoon. How the hell do you still want to go and work out? I'm like, well, I don't feel tired, you know? She's sitting there just like, <laughs> bust out on the couch. Mind you, she's acting, oh, she is practically the cow for, for Florence because you know just breastfeeding and everything like that. But like I sleep's been sleep's been like interval training. You know, it's like three hours on, one hour off, three hours on, one hour like that kind of stuff. Two hours on, maybe 30 minutes off, something like that. Um so I can only imagine what it would be like if I was actually getting sleep and then taking the creatine as well. And also like you get another well another source of creatine is is eating a shit ton of red meat and like that's what I've been having for poof, as long as I can remember. So it's probably because like maybe I am used to to that maybe, but just getting that, that extra loading of creatine, man, I like, I feel, I feel great. Um, I was up, I did um, some cardio this morning just because like later on today, I'll jump on the weights and, and get the weights done. Like I'm doing two sessions a day and I'm getting less sleep and I'm feeling great and like I'm not really knocking back that much coffee although every time we're on a podcast it's like I've got a coffee in my hand because it's just the in thing to do you know you but just, like you coffee. need to deal with me yeah <laughs> how did you know <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah it's like it's interesting the fact that like you so you're talking about five grams and, and one one and a half scoops of this is three grams so I'm taking probably three grams but loading it throughout the day so just had one this morning with um, protein shake and then i've been taking some glutamine as well um and then the um third of the creatine and then probably at like 12 one two o'clock something like that i'll have another one just with like a bit of water knock it back and then almost like before i go to bed at night time i'll just have another one and like i don't i don't i feel great i i like I said, all things considered, considering I'm not sleeping, I feel fantastic. Yeah, I've been I've been totally off the supplement train, uh, on and off the supplement train unintentionally. Not that I don't think supplements are helpful, but I just don't remember to take them. The only thing I've been remembering to take is my magnesium three and eight at night. Oh, mm -hmm. knocks me out. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, um, like a lot. Yeah, and like help help us stay asleep. That's beneficial. But that part of there's some stuff with that and the GABA and the um neurotransmitter typing that being deficient in GABA for me probably helped. Um collagen. Take collagen on and off. Um try to and I can remember thirty grams, I think. I think thirty grams of collagen is orange juice is generally the recommended amount. D3, creatine, 
What else? Something else I'm forgetting. Can't remember what else. Oh, I have. That's probably the other thing. Multi. But... I was gonna say vitamin D three. Is that you said vitamin D three? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I've been taking that. We take that every night. We got like drops. This stuff's potent, and it's just like. We're, like I feel again, maybe it's probably that too. It's probably a mixture of all the little things that I'm doing, because like I feel I feel great. I think the vitamin D three has been really really good for like my um. I'd say maybe like my immunity because mm-hmm. like I haven't really, I mean, touch wood, haven't had and like the sickness all around and we've got a little one as well and I'm not sleeping and I'm probably not eating as much as what I should be. And it's like, well, you know, so that's kind of keeping me on the train. Speaking of things that, uh, that help, um, I wanted to get your take on uh, how you can actually get results better. This will lead into something else afterwards. But my, um, so one of my clients, two of my clients actually, and I, we've been doing like a, an accountability thing, like really just trying to help, you know, keep each other accountable. We're getting up early. We're doing workouts. Um, we're going, for, they're, they're going for walks. I'm going for walks. They're doing it together, like to really help. And this is more from like a, a health and longevity and fat loss perspective as well, or point of view. Um, and I wanted to hear like your perspective on that. And like, there's a lot of people that do it by themselves, but I don't think that it sort of needs to be done by yourself like it's always important to reach out to ask do you think that like people struggle to ask because they don't want the answer to be no or do you think that they don't want to ask because they don't know they can ask or like what what do you think there's there's to that what asking asking somebody to train be like a training partner or an accountability partner training, or what training you- partner yeah accountability partner i mean like even even for example like you, you have clients come to you so clients come to you they do their workout. It's maybe an hour tops of, of a workout, but then everything else, either side of that, you've got like 23 hours where there's sleep and then there's eating and then there's obviously work and then there's all the other stuff. And like, they obviously want to get the best that they can or become the best that they can. So it's like, how can you keep them more accountable? How can they stay more accountable in, in your perspective? Like, what do you think is probably the best way for them to stay more accountable? Is it by surrounding themselves with, with you for longer? I mean, without you sort of being there if that makes sense yeah i mean the best results would be like if like if you were like i want to get i want to get stronger i want to put on some mass it'd be like the absolute best thing that i could do is like be attached to your side 24 7 (laughs) and like force you to do all the things um so i mean the more accountability the better like it's 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 I mean, it's, it, yeah, I don't, I think the reason people don't, the motivation, like, and I don't think that that's a, um, I think that's a bit of a cop out, like I'm not motivated enough to do it. It's like, well, are you sick of being sore and injured or living a shit life or not? And if the answer is no, then okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like what what do you value more? Um, like there's sometimes that I have a conversation with my dad, like, yeah, you should probably stop eating this or like stop drinking like beers like that or like whatever. And he's like, I don't want to. And he's like, it's just like, all right, if you like, if you'd rather, <laughs> if you'd rather keep eating pretzels at night, like more than you'd like to have whatever result not eating pretzels is going to bring you, then like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to convince you otherwise unless I, and like, if you're already aware of the evidence and what like outcomes of it is like, it's not. So it's like, there's the old, the Charles Poliquin. Um, now I'm blanking out what the actual Charles Poliquin quote was, but it was something along the like lines of like along the lines of like, there's no, I'm not even gonna try because now I totally forgot it. Um, shouldn't have taken that nap 30 minutes ago, but um, now I sound like an idiot. But it's something it'll, along the it's something along the lines back. of yeah. like, do you do you love the outcome more than what you have to give up for it? Like the myth of discipline, a little bit, little bits of it are coming back to me at a time. It's called the myth of discipline, 
And it's something along the lines of, yeah, like how bad do you want the results or how much do you hate where you're at right now? How bad do you want to be where you're at? Then it's like, all right, well, you, there's no need for discipline if you like hmm. want that so much worse than everything else. It's um, so this was a really round, round about way to get into your question, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't, don't know that it's like, you could just ask somebody else, like, oh, yeah, we do it together or something, or some people just don't care. It's a lot of different situations. Yeah. The reason why I was asking as well, we had um, a, a fan reach out of the, of the podcast and he's uh, he's been out of action for the past 11 months with a reoccurring hamstring injury. So he had a grade two semimembranosis tear his hamstring. Um, he's still rehabbing that uh and he's been trying to implement a lot of atg protocols such as sledding and back extension um he says he has a nordic uh, but he's nowhere at that level of handling it yet um and he's just wondering if we have any tips uh, or ideas on programming and how often to to sled to back extension i mean i've got a whole lot of other things as well that, that we can throw into that too um some daily or every other day activities uh, so he gets, he says that he keeps getting to a fairly good point uh, where he progresses to RDOs, uh, then he has to, or he has a setback and he has to kind of drop it back. So any help would be very grateful for. So that's uh, Curtis. I'm going to send this one to Curtis anyway, um, just as a surprise for him. Or he might listen to it and just be like, oh, hey, shit. Nice, yeah. But what do you, what do you, from your opinion, I mean, I've got a couple of things as well, but I'd like to hear from yourself first. What do you think he needs to do to help with the grade two tear that he's constantly going back and, and re-injuring? Yeah, I mean, it. I think the biggest thing with re-injuring is that you push I mean, you're too You're the king fast. of that, aren't you? You're, yeah, you're the king oh, of the <laughs> Yeah, I am. If anybody has re-injured something more times, then it's me. It might, for me, it's just like maybe never stop being injured. But the thing with always me, with me has always been you push too fast somewhere. Like, like, all right, I think I'm ready to go back. I think I'm ready for this weight. I think I'm ready for this exercise. I think I'm ready for that. And then it's like in the back of your mind, you're like, am I really? Do I? Am I really ready for this? Like, and you know, it's like, yeah, I could probably stay away, but like, I think I'm ready to get back on the pitch. Like, let's go. And then it's like, bam, it's out. And it's like, all right, well, Shit, I shouldn't have done that yet. But um I mean if the general thing with the hamstring, I mean you gotta hit all four. If you let me collect my thoughts a little bit. Um I yeah, I mean you can you can you can yeah, really like I'm gonna set off the smoke alarm in here with the wheels turning. Um but you can sled every day. One of the things that isn't doesn't get posted about it very often anymore are forward bent over sled drags. Um, ben used to call them reverse out of hamstring pain, but it's like you get into your RDL position and you hold the straps behind you and you walk forward like that. And it's like this wicked, wicked on your hamstring stretch strengths. And it's basically like bottom quarter, single leg RDLs almost. Um, whether you're at that level or not, whether you could do it with no no weight, just an empty sled or something, that's something worth worth trying for. You could do it every day. You could. Um, another thing I think I'm just these aren't even coherent, but just training tips I think um, is when you're coming back from re-injury, you want to wait till the soreness is gone. So, like, if you're doing RDLs one day and you're like, Jesus, I'm wicked sore for the next, like, four days and you're supposed to hit your next hamstring session, session three days after it, don't do it. Like, you can, like, if you're, if you're squatting and, like, you're free of injury and you're like, I'm a little bit sore, like, I'll squat anyway, you don't want to do that coming back from a muscular injury. Um and it's possible, I mean, you sort of have to look at the rest of the body as well. It's like, is there a compensation pattern somewhere? Like, is your lower back super weak? Are you... That's where some, some of the neurological stuff can be interesting. But in general, I mean, you just have to upgrade the hardware. Like, 
it really is find the levels that you can work at hamstring curls work your way back to nordics back extensions jefferson curls rdls or whatever level you can work at and keep going and like hold your if you keep re-injuring it hold yourself back a little like keep yourself at a level you know you're comfortable with not comfortable with but know that you can stay without injury yet and then like painstakingly slow like you might be like you might think like yeah it's gonna take forever for me to recover but is it gonna take you longer to do it the right way or is it gonna take more time away from you to do it wrong and get hurt again so a couple thoughts there what do you have to what do you think yeah i think a couple of things obviously short range is is probably what's best for him considering there's continual like re-injury in that or by the sound of things, re-injury in that hamstring. When you're getting that blood flow, it's that constant renewal of blood, which is always keeping that tissue healthy. So short-range exercise is going to be a go-to. You've got like the, the short-range hammy flicks, the standing ones that you can do that can really target the the top of the tissue or the, the hamstring tissue. And I agree, I love the idea of the, the sled behind and pull it. Even if you don't want to hold onto it with your hands, like wrap it around your waist and just use that and just slowly walk forward. Um Going on what you were saying about um, having a look at some other things as well. So whether it is lower back strength or even hips too, like maybe getting into um, the inclined pigeon just to open up your hips a little bit more. Um, working as well, I think programming, like one thing that I've noticed considering like, I mean, injury-wise, I've been apart from three ACL reconstructions, but soft tissue-wise, um, the, the upper, lower, upper lower splits like and having one kind of like push day then one pull day then one push day then one pull day in the upper and the lower i found for me has been really beneficial because you don't really overexert yourself as much and it doesn't have to be like you're doing chest and then squat and then pull or back and then deadlifts like i think it's cool to like target the accessory movements as well in and amongst that too because like you said, like there's, I think that there's definitely going to be some patterning issues there too. And it's important that you address those as well, like those little intricate movements or those intricate muscles, which you don't really think about as much or things that might be getting overworked or, or whatnot. But I think that one big thing is, is short range movements is going to be key for in terms of the recovery or in terms of actually keeping the, the blood flow moving. And again, like don't overdo yourself. So that's why when I do my upper and lower um, splits with, with, within my days. Like I don't feel fatigued. I don't feel tired. So there's no chance of me re-injuring that side of things. If that makes sense? Because I'm not constantly going back again the next day and doing something that's probably going to fuck my hamstrings up or, you know, do something to my knee or my, whatever else there is, maybe bust my shoulder. Like, because I'm pushing in different planes, different motions, different things always, different days. That's what works really, really well with me. So it might be something that you'd like to try, like to try if Curtis is listening to this, um, just to, to change things up a little bit that's what i think would be beneficial yeah i think another another interesting thing that you can look at is with um it's foot foot angle when you're doing mm -hmm. something like a leg curl because you can target the different different muscles in the hamstring based on the different foot position um he, if you're looking for the same somebody remember no whatever if you want the inside of the hamstring you need to take Bring your feet inwards on the hamstring curl. Um, there's an interesting protocol for hamstring. It's more of a knee pain protocol, but for knee pain caused by hamstring irritation, it's six weeks of three times a week leg curls. First week is toes dorsiflexed and feet turned in three times a week, eight reps, four to five sets of six to eight reps. Next week is dorsiflex toes straight. Next week is dorsiflex toes out. And then repeat the three weeks, plantar flex, toes in, toes middle, toes out. Mm -hmm. um, so you're doing 12, 72 hamstring, whatever, you're doing 360 sets of hamstring curls in six weeks. Um, valuable. It's a short range motion though so you can't do that and neglect an rdl or a jefferson curl or a, even a back extension and it's solely knee flexion so you do need your hip extension as well but like it's hard to target different areas of the hamstring like that 
in a hip extension exercise. So that can be valuable. Um, and I mean, there's other, I mean, there's other modalities that you can use as well. Like putting, like keeping a hot pack on it more often to promote. If you have, you can get tens units for like 30 bucks. They don't actually promote any healing, but they can help with pain and they might help a little bit with healing. Who knows? Um, massage, if you think it helps, like, yeah, I mean, the, the, it, it's short range and you can, until you can tolerate long range and then long range at what you can tolerate a little bit below what you think you can tolerate, what you short, long range, a little bit below what you know you can tolerate as you move forward. And uh, then I think what's important is slowly dosing in like more active movements, like you can't go from the weight room to sprinting after a hamstring injury. It doesn't work. Um, like you can, as much as I hate stupid little drills, like leg swings or like just like moving around and getting into different positions, like without an aim, they're kind of stupid, but like that's kind of required to introduce, reintroduce your hamstring to like fast movements. Like, and even like slower running, slower jogging, like again, at a low level, a low intensity that you can handle for sure and moving forward with that. So yeah. I think yeah. That's fair. There's some there's some there's some good ones. Um like I mean you've got those A March and B March uh, exercises which look I mean for me, there's obviously something to it because people people keep doing them, and I mean it must work for someone. But like, there's a there's a really really good one. We actually on the fence, and you got one hand on the fence, and the leg that's further away from the fence is the one that's kind of doing that snapping motion. So like coming up, knee comes up, leg goes out, then goes down, and it's like getting you into that that um, stimulus of sprinting almost. You're not sprinting, but you're kind of getting into that stimulus of sprinting, which is what you were talking about. So I think adding a little bit of that definitely would would promote. Um, or encourage your hamstring to like deal with that stimulus and also like you've said too really really important that like less is probably better for this particular case anyway by the sounds of things if it continually keeps surrendering and you're talking about like the 360 sets or whatever it was of the, the hamstring curls like don't go and do stupid amount of weight like do something that you can do well. You put a really good reel up. Or, I mean, I don't know whether you did it today. It came up today in my feed this morning while I was up taking care of my child, <laughs> trying to stay stay awake and sane. It kept me awake. And it's like, do every rep to perfection. Like, don't just go and do it and smash out as many reps as you can, like, or, or with the heaviest weight possible. Obviously, if your goal is a power lifter or a weight lifter and is to lift as much weight as possible, then go for it. But if your goal is to get out of pain or your goal is to move better or your goal is just for lifestyle purposes, like you want every rep that you do to be like incrementally better than the next one. Like just keep that consistency and make them feel and look just perfect. So that is probably one of the big things that I think is not really targeted as much. It's like that concentration and that focus of like every time I do a rep, says four seconds i'm doing it for four seconds like one two that slow like not doing one two three like you're doing it to perfection and if you want to see perfect results which no one's ever going to achieve or attain but if you want to get to those results you need to be like dialed into how you're doing things or else it's nothing's going to happen and you're going to continually re-injure yourself and you're going to continue to be in pain and then we're going to be going around on the merry-go-round just back and forth jack's will round and round not back and forth yeah, I don't know what kind of merry-go-rounds you have to go back and forth, but um, when you're on yeah. the horse, when you're on the horse. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> like you put the quarter in, and you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, the uh, another thing to be said with that hamstring protocol is everything is for four x so tempo, four seconds down, no pause at the bottom. It's explode up, but it, it really means like up just quickly in that term of like, under control. And then no pause at the top. But the other thing is that it's everything should be at a zero out of 10 pain the whole time. Like every rep should be zero out of 10. And when you're coming back from the hamstring strain, everything should be zero out of 10 pain. Like 
if it's a one is too much like hmm. unless you can't find a zero then a one is okay but like is it, it's still yeah like it's it's that's the nature of coming back from injuries is it sucks especially a re-injury um but it's uh i mean there's a whole bunch of different things you can do but the basics are probably what's most important and then slowly getting back into um sprinting because there was there was something interesting that somebody posted this is getting a little bit away from specific recommendations but somebody said it a long time ago that you should sprint a hundred percent before you get back to live play after a hamstring injury and then it's like yeah but what if i re-injure it then it's like it's what do you think you're gonna do if you get back to the game dummy like (laughs) like if you re-injured it during that sprint you're gonna re you would have re-injured it when you were playing anyway so it's the same sort of yeah it's that was kind of out of of nowhere but something i i liked um it can be valuable for coming back from injuries. I mean, and like to reiterate again, like I've never, I've never had, hardly ever had strains. I wouldn't say never. I mean, I maybe had one or two in my life. So for my, for my experience, it's not something that I'm used to experiencing that. I mean, I had uh, the only one that I can remember. I had a strain in the grand final, which I was on, anti-inflammatories and like they, they had me doing um it was a day before a game it was now when i think back to it it was so stupid they had me practicing like an absurd amount of uh crosses into the box and so like it was just come back and around go back come back and around go back come back and it was just like it was continuous for like half an hour um and i remember after doing it i'm like oh fuck, it's like a bit tight oh, i'm totally tight he'll be all right and it like got worse and got worse and got worse and got worse. And I was on anti-inflammatories. We had to like strap it up, tape it up. It was just, it was horrible. Actually, that year in general, I had some pretty, some pretty gnarly things happen. I remember I rolled both ankles and like so my ankles were strapped up. I sprained my medial ligament from my contact. So I went to go clear a ball and someone kicked me, you know, and kicked the ball at the same time. And he just leathered the crap out of the ball. And my knee went back. And so I sprained my medial ligament. Um, and then I think I like, I strained, I did something in my, in my shoulder. Like I fell over on my shoulder and like, I could, could hardly be my shoulder. So I had my shoulder strapped up, had my knee strapped up and had two ankles strapped up. I was like, Iron Man, not really strapping man. <laughs> Going into you were like a tin man. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And you know, in, um, I, that, that year, like a bit of an ego boost, but I ended up winning like the rising star for the um for like the entire league so it's like the whole the whole NPL league so it's like there is a certain amount of pain i think you need to push through not coming not when it's coming back from soft tissue injury like that like if you continually injure yourself then that's a little bit of a different story but i think from a sporting again this is going a little bit off topic but going from a sporting point of view like you have to be willing to tolerate a little bit of pain to be able to progress through to the next stage, like to be able to make it through. And it's like everyone's pain tolerance is different. I mean, I think I've got a pretty high pain threshold considering everything that's sort of happened. Um, but yeah, Curtis, thank you for, uh, for reaching out and, and asking that. And if there's anyone else who actually um, has any questions on anything, like it, it'd be pretty cool if there's been some issues that you've struggled with and you want to sort these issues out, like who doesn't? Just reach out, reach out to either myself or Matt, and, and we'd be more than happy to to do a little bit of a, a spiel on it to yeah. what we think would, would work. I mean, there's so many people that have probably been in, like you've been in their shoes, and I'm pretty certain I've been in their their shoes as well. Whether it's ACL reconstruction or you know busted hamstrings and ankles and whatever else there is feet and toes and whatnot. So like reach out. There's, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't. And if you know, you, you reach out the, the worst thing that can happen is no more than likely it's not going to be no, like it's going to be a, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll have a chat about it on the podcast. Yeah. Last point on it. Um, anti-inflammatories, ice, any sort of anti something like that, like stop taking it. It's not going to, it's not going to help the injury. <laughs> Like if you're icing after every workout, like don't. Yeah. That's not if you're doing the ATG stuff, I'm assuming assume that you're probably not doing that, but just to cover all the bases, like 
icing it is dumb at this point. Um, yeah. Not that you're dumb if you're icing it, but icing it is dumb. Yeah, yeah, agree. Again, just was doing the anti-inflammatory just to make it through a game. Hardly ever took any my, myself, you know. Just I, Were you a big uh, anti-inflammatory uh, taker in your playing days? Oh, the day, the day I earned my scholarship, I took nine ibuprofen. Just to be able, just to be able to get out of the field. Really? Oh, I was, I was huge. It was like an everyday thing for me, just because it, I hurt, it hurt so bad. Far out. I took. I remember. Are you I took, serious? Yeah, I took five in the morning, and then I took four when I was like putting my my stuff on because it was like bad. Dude, you'd have holes in your stomach if you're taking that much. That was you're that taking... was like. I, I mean, I haven't. I haven't taken an ibuprofen in quite a long time, maybe like for a headache a while back, but there was like a period where I was, I was taking a lot of ibuprofen. That was, it wasn't like nine every time I step on the field, but it was like, it was like quite a bit. Mm. I could, yeah, yeah. It, it could, it could have ruined my stuff. Like general consensus, if you need to take nine ibuprofen, you probably shouldn't be playing. <laughs> Unless this is the first Listen you're hearing of it. Yeah. Unless this is the first you're hearing of it. And Steph won rising star on anti-inflammatories and I got a division one scholarship on nine. You're like, I feel I like I should I feel like I need to start taking nah, I didn't I only took anti-inflammatories for the final. I didn't take anything throughout the season. I was just strapped up to the max and just played through pain. That's what I was just taught to do. I had mm. everything there wasn't a single yeah, the only time I took an anti-inflammatory was when we had the final and I had like muscular pain the rest was like joint pain and for me it's like well that's what the taping's there for should be right and this is me being dumb when i was 19 just you know that's when i felt superhuman back then i was apart from the fact that i was falling to pieces and being kept together by tape but you know what i mean (laughs) oh no i remember i remember in college it was like uh at some points it was like a daily thing like all right for practice head to the trainer because i need an aspirin because X, Y, and Z hurt to take before I play. It really probably didn't help at all. And it probably just made everything worse. But, and then it was to quite a bit in high school too. So it was probably a period of like five to eight years that it was like a pretty regular thing for me to take it to play. Yeah, I would, so I would never take, and same goes with me. Like I can't remember the last time I've taken like a ibuprofen or a Panadol or something like that. Even if it is for a headache, like I'll just drink water or go have a sleep or I'll eat or have a coffee or something like that. And headache just disappears. Um, but for me, like actually, no, there was that a couple months back, I ended up in hospital. Like I ate something that was no good and threw up and like burnt my esophagus. It was real weird. And so I ended up in hospital. It was, yeah, they gave me some, pretty hardcore stuff there but i mean that's hospital, that's, so, yeah. that's reasonable i took it when yeah, I, yeah. I took it when i had food poisoning too like it's that's not <laughs> unreasonable <laughs> i'm glad you think so i'm glad you think so but um like after trainings and after games i mean you take the strapping off and then it's just like straight onto the ice everywhere like my bucket my feet were in the buckets they're strapped onto my knee strapped onto my shoulder I, you know i was just like sitting there just iced up to the max and you know we didn't have an ice bath back then and although it helped to have the the ice like i think that that's what actually really helped with the recovery side of things for me considering like my ankles were so sore my knee was like actually in pain and my shoulder i mean I'm, i was a fullback had to take throw-ins so like every time i take a throw and it'd be like and you throw it it's like oh <laughs> throwing the ball in with a strapped shoulder is not as easy as you think it doesn't like give you superpowers like a squat suit does or something no, no, it gives you the complete opposite. It's like you're throwing it in like a bit of, you know, it's just the head wobble and everything like that. And I had a pretty gnarly throwing back in the day. Um, like I could hit the, from the sideline, I could probably hit the penalty spot just straight straight back in. Like, uh, yeah, that's probably my, um, so my erector spine, I uh, had some very, very well-defined erector spine. And I reckon that's what I was. I don't think it was anything else. But because of that, like being able to load back and just and just launch it into the box. And it was, I reckon I scored once from a, yeah, I did in a school game. I scored once from a throw and a keeper tapped it whenever his hand and, and bounced in, went in. I was like, oh, yeah, good old Rory. Do you remember Rory? Rory the lap? 
gone a, a oh, yeah. further up topic. Yeah, yeah. His son uh, plays for City now. Yeah. Yeah. What a you know what Wicked. a way to make a career. I know. I I used to. There were a couple teams I played on that they would draw up plays for me to shoot from the corner. So you like yeah for me like I I scored I scored a couple corners straight up because we would we called it box. And it was like every the whole team just stands around the goalkeeper, and then I shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was wicked. I scored a couple of those. Um, that's fun. I like. Had, I like that. We had a player that uh, that did that as well. Um, like every, it wasn't really like this was a while ago too. It wasn't really like a tactic, but it was just like his chance to have a shot on goal, and he would just <laughs> take the corners. Just right. <laughs> like he would just do it every single time, and like he scored probably two or three times. In a season, or we scored like maybe five or six goals from it in the season as well because it would just like just land on their head, try the front post. So, yeah, we um this this year actually is very reminiscent of like the year that you know all that that sort of stuff happened with the final and NPL Rogan star and, and everything like that. The moment we're sitting or we're sitting second in the um, NPL uh, SA at the moment, uh, where we got a game in hand and we're sitting on something like I think we've conceded eight or 11 goals or something. Our goal difference is at 22. Half, this is the halfway point of the season. So we've scored something, what is it? 30 goals, 30 goals and conceded eight. So like we've, we can score some goals and it's like, it's very, very similar to the way that that year is kind of panning out. And what's really, really cool is the fact that injury wise, we've been able to have, or the, the coach has been able to have 21 players out of 22 pretty much a whole way through. It's like I was talking with the um, assistant coach who was there last year and he's uh, asked him, was like, you ever had a, a full team to choose from like this at this point in the season? And he was like, never. There would always be maybe five or six players out, whether it's like hamstring soreness or um, done something to their ankle, rolled their ankle sprain, even those that have you know rolled their ankles because we play on artificial turf and I know that you don't have an issue with it, but here in Australia, we're, we're built differently. We like to play natural, you know? Um, and so, you know, there's been a couple of like rolls or ankle rolls and that sort of stuff. And it's just like, bang, we're straight back up and straight back into it again. And the recovery aspect, I, I think it's just from all the pre-act and prehab that we're, that we're doing as well as the loadings too, like, because we've got the catapult system and everything like that, we can see the loadings of, of each individual player. So like, we're going to flag that one because that player's getting a little bit too high there. So let's just taper him off a little bit. And it's been amazing, man. Like it's the, the squad has hardly changed, which is, you know, it's great. I mean, from a playing perspective, if you're a player that's not playing, it's not so great though, because you have to wait for injury, um, suspension, uh, poor performance, you know, and there hasn't been much of that lately. Yeah. Love to hear that. Hey, you you guys are built a little bit differently. It's probably more fragile because <laughs> you can't handle the artificial turf, but it is different. I'll give you that. We, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's the artificial turf is a weird one because it's like the whole American football. We're making a mm. whole huge deal about it. Like they hate it, and it's like I'm like I don't, I don't know. I played on artificial turf forever, and I played on grass too. Like it's. Does that doesn't make a big difference to me? Maybe I'm just yeah. different. I don't know. Uh maybe. maybe. Probably, what, probably what it is. I think I think that's probably what it is actually, because it's like you're, you know, you're never injured till you were never injured or anything like that. It's not like yeah. you're taking nine ibuprofen before trainings and. <laughs> yeah, not that I ever had any issues. Like... <laughs> oh wow, what's been uh, what's been cooking from your end? Nothing super new. I I'm going down. We got there's a bunch of ATG guys going down to Florida. Sick. In uh next when am I leaving? I'm leaving a week from Sunday. So two days, nine days from now I'm heading down. I better get my dates right. I think nine days from now I'm heading down. I'll be down there for like five days. Oh sick. Very nice. All kinds of workouts. See what we got going on there. But that'll be a good time. Um, yeah. Share some ideas. There's going to be a bunch of soccer guys down there. And we'll... Uh, I don't know. I've been, I I want to... I I need to find other people to play all the Brazilian games with me. Like, uh, it... like 
Altinha is like a Brazilian game. It's like where there's like four. And you've probably seen it online and you're like, what the hell are these guys doing? It's ridiculous. But like, they're so good. It's like there's four people and kind of like a diamond. And like, it's just with the ball. And like, you like hit it across and you bounce. And it's all one touch stuff in the air. Then you're like attacking and you're setting other people up and you're like hitting out. There's no teams. There's no like real scoring to it. But it's just like. It's fun. Oh, it's so much fun. And like foot volley, um, like the volleyball with with the soccer rules. Uh, one of the I saw I sent Keegan this the other day. One of the guys I played with in college ended up playing tech ball. Have you seen tech yeah, ball yeah. with like the curved yeah. table? Yeah. He, his him and his partner finished eighth in the world a couple weeks ago. Wow! Get there. Yeah, oh, yeah, wicked. He was my he was my football partner when we were in college. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone on to footballing foot volley uh superstardom and you have I have <laughs> I have not, yeah. He was also much better than me. But he was it was I used to sidetrack the whole what's going on conversation, but it, it used to be me and like three of the Brazilian guys that would go play football at the courts. And uh I was not as good as they were, but I think I was better than everybody else, so they let me come. Um, but uh, <laughs> I miss that, dude. That was that's that's like the most fun game ever for me. Like I, mm. it's like just as much fun as like a real real footy match. Yeah, yeah. Playing. We do we do the one like one touch or whatever at uh, at halftime because I'm out obviously at the games and that. We'll do a little bit of one touch, and like it's always good fun. With uh, I mean, it's it's not the same as football because you don't really have time to set up court and everything like that. But just keeping it up in the air and just like knocking the ball around, shoulders, heads, chest, knees, heels, like all that sort of stuff. Like it's just good fun just doing it. Oh, I love it. We play. They were sand volleyball courts at school. Sand. So we always, oh, we always played. We always played in the sand on like a real volleyball net. Um, wicked. So much fun. I was yeah. I got embarrassed every time because it would, <laughs> but I got better. I got good. I I. By the time we stopped playing, I was, I was really solid. Like mm. I might and my touch had never been better. I was never more comfortable with a ball in the air, or playing two touch any of that. Like, the Brazilian rubbed off on me. I didn't get any of the Portuguese, but. It, it was it was wicked. <laughs> it was wicked. Scarinho. That's Scorinia. a sick name. Scorinha. <laughs> Scorinha. Cool. <laughs> kind of like, like, yeah, like a Grinch or something. Yeah, what a, cool. yeah. Besides that, what do you got going on? Uh, just consolidating, man. Just um, continuing to work out of, out of home. There's, I am actively looking for, uh, for somewhere else at the moment. I'm really, I'm really wanting to build a community. Like that is my big goal at the moment you know I, I wasn't really a fan of the online aspect or the online stuff and I mean although it's great and it's an easy way kind of for for cash flow and that and for like leveraging your time um, I just still think that nothing beats having that kind of in-person connection and communication with with one another and it's just like you can feed off of that sort of stuff so for me it's about finding a place and I'm very fortunate and then very, very lucky. Um, I've got two really, really good mates who are actually clients of mine and we're going in um, sort of threes on a, on a place. Um, and so we're just, we're just starting to put things in motion and, and create a, a little bit of like a, a hub and a community and that, you know, just, just somewhere where obviously they can train, we can train together. Um, they can run their business out of there as well. Um, but then ultimately like, that's kind of the platform for me to sort of take that next step and start bringing more of ATG to, to Adelaide basically, because there's only really two coaches here. One's Nevin and then the other one's me. And um, yeah, it's just like, I, I know that there's so much value in ATG and there's a lot of missed opportunity for a lot of people and so many people, uh, and I'm not bashing these, these places, but so many people are out bashing themselves, you know, doing, body fit or um, these high intensity interval trainings when their body's like, you could be feeling and doing a lot better with your body if you were training a little bit wiser, you know, um, albeit like it's great that they are doing something too. So it's like, it's kind of finding that, that balance. And I really want to be able to offer some things to people 
um, even like just the simple dense style training. Like for me, I reckon that's why like now I'm sitting comfortably at 76 and I've been training consistently for the last five weeks and I'm not like I was at 79 and I think that's just because of the way that I was eating, but then I just dropped down. Now I'm sitting at 76. I'm like, well, I can't really lose any more weight. I'm sure that I could, um, but like I'm just con- like consistently there. And I think it's just because like I have put on a little bit of mass, like a little bit of size because I do feel like I'm getting compliments too, you know, looking bigger, legs looking bigger, arms, shoulders looking bigger. You f- and you feel that way too. And so I think that I put on a, a little bit of size as well. And I want to be able to obviously offer that to people and offer that style of training because I know how valuable and potent it is to, to be able to build that, that dense, strong tissue. Yeah. You got to get a tech ball table in there. That would oh, be 100%. wicked. 100%. We already, we already got it down pat, man. We're going to get a tech ball table would be great or a tennis, uh, um, table, oh, tennis ping pong. Table. Yeah, yeah. Ping pong. Um, getting the ice baths in there, getting the sauna in there as well. Uh, I picked up oh, bargain hunter. I love it. I picked up a, um, so a sled track, two 10 meter sled tracks, like pro proper, proper sled tracks, usually like 1200, 1500 bucks for $150 on marketplace. I'm like, I am sold. Went what there. It's going to sit in the back of my car. Don't even care. It's going to sit in the back of my car, sorted, ready to go. Like, and we haven't even got a place yet. Like, so we're just kind of we're working towards, you know, just putting things together and, and making it all happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's really, really, it's really exciting. And there's obviously some things that we kind of need to we need to work through and get through. But ultimately that's my goal. That's what I am working towards now. Like I am actively looking for things. Notice how I keep saying I am because I am like making it happen. It's it's happening. We're doing it. You know. So it's a it's a big step for me because I, Previously would have been like brick and mortar. Nah, fuck that. I can't, I can't be bothered. I've got to go and, you know, outlay everything, you know, put everything out, do it all by myself. But there's something to be said for doing it, you know, going with people. You know what I mean? If you want to, what's the saying? If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. And so I think, it's, I think that's the way you say it. Not the other so. way I'm pretty sure it's that way. Yeah. It's like, and that's, that's the thing, man. I'm, I'm doing, you're doing this with other people. And it just, it, it's, it's something that really makes me want to invest more into it, not in terms of money, but in terms of time and knowledge and understanding and all that kind of stuff. So it's exciting, man. It's exciting. It's all, who knows, might be happening sooner rather than later. Might be happening rather uh, later rather than sooner. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what I've been, I've been looking to see if, figure out if there's an opportunity to do something like that for me right now i don't know it's hard it it is hard on your own especially i mean Mm. just the money to like rent a place outside of where you live is like Mm -hmm. kind of wicked even here i mean it's i would imagine it's probably about the same the same kind of price there but it's Mm. like you would have to train you have to work with quite a few people just to like break even on rent and utilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I mean, there are opportunities. Things yeah, sometimes just, things come up. It, uh, find someone with um, find someone or or a group of people who you like you you might know or you might know might need some like storage space or something like that. Or maybe they also want to work out of there or. Like, so that's what that's what we're doing. Um, the one of my my good mates he owns a, a cafe and he needs a little bit more storage and a place to, to sort of roast his coffee. And then the other mate is doing um, using it as like a place to store a lot of his equipment. He's an electrician, so he needs a place to store a lot of stuff. And then there's me just for the gym. They both want to keep fit. They both want to use the gym. Well, there you go. Like, let's build it, man. So, and then it's just a matter of sort of building it from there. And when you don't have as much outlay or you don't have as much in terms of like rent to pay or the utilities, because it is a lot, man. It's it's heaps, heaps. And it's it is better to do it with with other people. But then you've got to be careful of who you do it with too. Like do you have total trust and and you know connection with these people? Um, because I think that's very, very important as well. You don't just want to go and jump into something with someone you don't know, you know. So yeah, I, I think that you put it out there, it'll it'll happen, man. It'll come. Yeah. It's part of part of it is me kind of feeling like an ATG 
purest almost like not that it's like I wouldn't accept anything else besides ATG in a gym but it's like some of the people that I know the trainers like really it's like quite significantly different from the way I train people and it's like I don't know that I don't know that those two can coexist in the same gym um like if somebody's training athletes powerlifting style and I'm training like an ATG sort of dense whatever style it's gonna be hard to have one message and then you can't have the fluidity like Ben like the way Ben Clairfield has it set up in Toronto like any of the trainers there can take any of the clients and it's all the same sort of uh idea belief terms you're getting very similar things from from almost everyone there it's just like it's the same value point yeah yeah and it's like that allows a flexibility that you wouldn't get if like you have to take every training session yourself um so it's different it is what it is it's uh something comes up time to take it if not sorry it's something we'll go eventually um, get the indiana anyone else uh atg coach in indiana not not close to me oh okay everybody else else. yeah everybody else um I don't know who actually, I don't know that there's any other certified coaches in Indiana. There might be one girl in Indianapolis, but I don't know. There's not, there's not much. I, I have been, I've been referred people from ATG because I was the only coach here. So Mm -hmm. it is what it is. It is what it is, brother. It is. I think we've been running for about an hour now. Where can, uh, where can everybody keep up with you? work uh, you just said you don't want yeah. to work with people online but <laughs> no no it's not that i don't want to work with people online it's just that for me i would much rather see you in person but if that's what you need to do then that's what you need to do like that's not i mean we had curtis reach out online so that's that's where it's really really cool that you can have someone from you know the uk reach out to you and say hey man i'm listening to what you're you're doing love what you're doing can you help me with this so if you want to do any of that and you want to ask any questions please just reach out to me on instagram coach carly with the three eyes and I'd love to be able to help you. Like after this, I'm just going to put Curtis a message, let him know like, Hey man, we just answered it on your, on the podcast. So if you want to listen to it, check it out. And thanks for all the help and that and, and the following. So yeah, that's where you can, you can find me. Um, apart from that, there's, there's nowhere else I am apart from in person in here in Adelaide. So how about you, Manny? Yeah. Score performance. It'll be linked down below. Um, if you can't spell it and, uh, <laughs> It's not it's, it, it's sort of hard to spell. It's not that bad, but yeah, come out in person or uh, or online, whatever you got to do, make a change, make a transformation. It's off season time here, so sort of depending on what level we play at. Sometimes it's off season. So anyway, thanks for everybody who made it this far, and we'll uh, we'll guys. catch everybody next week.